Hello. How's it going? Good. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the listener. (laughs) Sorry about that, listener. How's it going? How are you? We hope you're getting ready to have a pretty, pretty Feliz Navidad. Yeah. Yeah, Muy Feliz. Super Feliz and not at all triste. (laughs) I've been doing uh, Duolingo for over three years straight, so I know my way around Spanish. Liveativity. Let's talk Liveativity. Yeah. What were your impressions of Liveativity? Um, it was just like awesome to see so many interactions between people. Like, yeah. you know, like the the people who were volunteering mm-hmm. and just like their interactions with the people in the community that yeah. you know we don't know. It's mm-hmm. it was really cool just to see. Yeah, I liked that too. That's one of the best parts about Liveativity is that's one of the times of year we get a lot of people from the community on campus and just coming into our building. You know, some of our events are outside, so people come on the campus, but to be inside the building, to see it decorated, to be in the sanctuary, and to recognize that we're more than just, you know, kind of a community center mm-hmm. that we're about worship, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I think my favorite part, we had tons of help. It was just great, uh, the amount of people that gave up lots of time on not just that Friday and Saturday, but weeks weeks before that was, was really great and a blessing from God. But I think one of my favorite parts of the night was, so Liam was supposed to be in character as a shepherd, <laughs> and so he was. He was dressed as a shepherd. Very, very. Disappeared for about 15 minutes and came back with a string of Christmas lights face painted, painted on his, on his face. forehead. <laughs> so. It looked a little, I mean, it, yeah. It yeah, worked. not real uh, time-specific. What's that word for something that, um, anachronistic? Oh, yeah. Yeah, when something is, is out of place. Yes. So, yeah, like a car, a Tesla Maybe driving through Bethlehem. he did that on purpose so someone would ask him, and then he would share the story of Jesus. Yep, he's a planner like that. Okay, theme for this week is the king shall come. Yes. And he's bringing perfect joy. The third Sunday in Advent is always about joy. I believe it's sometimes called Gaudate Sunday, which means Ooh. rejoice in Latin. So there's no Sunday school lesson for this week, uh, at least for first through eighth, because they have their practice for the Christmas Eve service, Sunday school Christmas Eve service. So I would do something different and just talk about some of the Christmans yes. on the Christmas tree. I picked four. Crown, butterfly, white rose, and anchor. So our tree here at Beautiful Savior, like I think a lot of church Christmas trees, has ornaments on it that are symbolic of things involving or central to Christianity. We call them Christmans. Christmans, yeah. So the first would be the crown. So why do we have a crown? Um, as a well, he's the king of creation. He's the king of our hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the king of. All. Gotta have a third one, <laughs> right? So, I mean, the power and the authority yeah. of Jesus. Um, the reign and rule. The... So, you know, I just was working on the Bible class for Sunday and thinking about the, the there's, so Exodus 15 is, follows the Red Sea, crossing the Red Sea. And so Exodus 15, what we'll cover is the song the Israelites sing about God's power and how, you know, essentially you've got this incredibly powerful army of Egypt and how God causes them to sink like a stone. And there's this imagery of like, you know, the, the hot breath of his nostrils blowing out and just the, this immense power. And so I think the last question of the study will, or the second last question of the study will be about how do you, 
What, what one phrase from this section do you want to focus on as you get ready to celebrate the Christ child? Nice. So, yeah, a baby in a manger being the king of kings is a great thought. Um, and also just, like, like you said, the king of all the world, the king of all of us. So this baby in the manger deserves our respect and also our, our trust that he knows what he's doing. Yeah. So and our allegiance. Later on at the end of the podcast, we'll talk a little bit about how do you help people struggling with darkness at this time of the year. I think this is part of the answer is to know that King Jesus is in control. Yeah. And we've really talked about that now for a good seven weeks. I mean, the end of the church year and the beginning of the church year really have a lot of common themes. Jesus is in control. Jesus will come back. Which is super, super helpful. I mean, anytime someone's struggling with anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, How about the butterfly? Um, is that for the resurrection? Yeah. Why is a butterfly a symbol of a resurrection? Um, because the caterpillar in the cocoon, and mm-hmm. then he bursts out of the cocoon. Yeah. A beautiful butterfly. Yeah. So it looks, you know, when the caterpillar builds a chrysalis, you know, it looks like... Wow, you know the technical name. Yeah, I know. All sorts <laughs> of nature stuff. Uh, genus, species. Oh. Uh, no, so the caterpillar goes into the chrysalis, and it looks like... I don't know. It looks like things are done. It's all yeah, wrapped it's up. Yeah, it's pretty brown and dingy looking. I was, yeah. I was listening, listening, <laughs> just remind me, like, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But I was listening <laughs> to a podcast once about, like, how scientists are just baffled by the chrysalis and how they, like, attempted, they attempted to, like, open a chrysalis very delicately to see the formation of, like, caterpillar to butterfly. And it was not, <gasps> they, like, couldn't see it. Like, what? It was just oh, my goodness. This that's weird amazing. Mass. So, Whoa. I mean, it, it is, to me, one of the miracles of nature that a caterpillar yes. becomes a butterfly. Wow. And you think, yeah, the but the butterfly has become a symbol of the resurrection yeah. because Jesus is wrapped up in the tomb for three mm-hmm. days and then comes out completely new. It's him, but mm-hmm. it's the With best version. The yeah. you know, uh, resurrected body. Mm-hmm. I did mission work at a church in Atlanta when I was in seminary for a week. And there, they had a big um, butterfly on their sign. That's so that cool. was helpful when we were going door to door. People, you know, there's a lot of churches the in butterfly the butterfly church. Yeah, that was basically like, which church are you? And we're like, oh, we're the butterfly church, mm-hmm. which some people really liked and some people were like, mm-hmm, butterfly. <laughs> I um, use, you know, the church with the big old cross in the parking lot. That's what I use when How I you describe tell people church. about our church. The big old cross mm-hmm. in the parking lot. Yeah, it's true. We are it's the only huge. church in Cincinnati with a cross out front. No, 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 no. Big old cross oh like way bigger than normal cross. so you tell the person like so you imagine it's somebody that's uh-huh. at the grocery store yeah and you're like what church do you go to and you're uh-huh. like imagine a cross <laughs> in your head and the person's like okay like seven or eight feet tall and you're like no it's bigger and older than that <laughs> no like seriously because when you drive by uh, when you drive on Pippin, you see several churches and the one with the big old cross yes, stands out. Yes, it is true. It's caused several car accidents. <laughs> no, it has not. <laughs> How about White Rose? Is that, um, so I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, give it a good guess. But is that Isaiah, the um, uh, Rose of Sharon? I don't know what the Rose of Sharon okay. is. So, I mean, he's talking about a rose. I don't know. Purity, right? I mean, it's, oh, it's just the, yeah. the, the purity of um, Jesus cleansing blood. Yeah. yeah. So Jesus okay. is innocent, and then we are made innocent through uh, faith in Jesus Christ. So the white, white rose up there, how we think about um, holiness and how we are holy in God's sight through awesome. because of what Jesus did. Wow, that's really lovely. Mm-hmm. Holy. A lot of the Christmas hymns have that phrase, holy child, in them. Yeah. And, 
it's in the school Christmas um, service actually has a song called Holy Child in there. So perfect kid. You know, oftentimes we think when a, a baby's born, you know, somebody holds him and says, oh, he or she is so perfect. And, and you know what they mean. It's like, you know, this is right. amazing. A wonderful have, gift. A yeah. wonderful gift. But and Jesus is really the only perfect yeah. child that ever existed. Yeah. And then, I can I just really really love the hymn um, "Holy Is Your Name." Mm-hmm. That one that we sing because yeah. before I before we were here, at beautiful Savior, I had never heard that hymn before. Really? Maybe because it had, didn't exist. I don't know. No, I think yeah. "Holy Is Your Name." You know yeah. the one that um, I know. I know the song. I'm just wondering. I think we heard it Vicar Year. I remember someone singing it. Oh, uh, never mind. Okay, sorry to ruin your story. That's okay. Do I'm gonna should I leave? Yeah. Clomp, 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 clomp. <laughs> Slam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, finally. Now I can talk about what I really want to talk about. You missed the door opening sound. You so came I heard back. you say that. <laughs> anchor. Anchor is the fourth yes. question. So why, why an anchor? Hebrews. Um, the book of Hebrews talks about anchored to Christ. Our hope secure in Christ, our mm-hmm. anchor. Yep, so Jesus is an anchor for us in the middle of all our yeah. storms. Um, faith in Christ is an anchor for us. Yes. So, you know, what anchor? What purpose does an anchor for ships serve to keep them in place? Mm-hmm. You know, when the current... Despite and the wind, all the wind yeah, and the waves. knocking them around and they stay in one spot. And our, our faith is an anchor for us, which so is cool. tremendous. Any final thoughts on those Christmas? I think that was, you know, just a different way to start. But, you know, as... As a kid, you know, at Christmas, I remember just staring at things. I mean, not yeah, maybe not just and at wondering, Christmas, like, but yeah. Why is that? Oh man, I remember the stained glass at Calvary growing up and just staring at these things. And yes. Like, what is that? And I was like, I went back as like you know later in life, I went back and looked at those things. I'm like, oh, it's so obvious what those things are. But when I was little, I was like, there's a purse and there's a triceratops. <laughs> like, I don't know why I never asked. Like my mom or no, dad. I, yeah, I did the same thing. But I was just like staring at this thing. You know, you're just like laying on. Leaning up against my mom and just staring at the stained glass, like, of course, the holy triceratops. <laughs> um, I so the what I love so much about just these symbols um, is it's such a it's such a simple, easy way to open a door to a conversation yeah. that mm-hmm. can be you know like so profound, but it's just like this you know little symbol. Yeah, and I think when you're a kid, a lot of the worship service can go over your head. And not because you're doing anything wrong, but just you're you don't quite understand what's happening. So I think for families out there to be pointing out different things in the church and starting that conversation yeah, on the way home from church is a good good idea. All right, our first lesson is from Isaiah sixty one. Uh, this is full, full, full of imagery. Uh, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. So this is the Messiah speaking. He has sent me to one bind up the brokenhearted. Two, proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Three, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. Four, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. Five, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And then six, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Wow. That's six amazing pictures. Oh, yeah. Three verses. So, I mean, the, the bind up the brokenhearted, I've always loved that phrase. Um, mm-hmm. Just the, those who are sad and heartbroken, that Jesus comes to fix Puts that. Puts it all together again. Um, and not by taking away all the sad things, but by, you know, taking away sin yeah. and death and hell. 
Uh, proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. That's that's a very accessible so illustration, good. just to be trapped somewhere. That whole picture of um, the word redeem or redemption has that idea behind it, that you were trapped and caught, and Jesus came to set you free. Um, maybe just the, the grieving, uh, the comfort all who mourn, the crown of beauty instead of ashes. So you think about yeah. sackcloth and ashes. The people in the Middle East at this time were very visual when it came to grieving so you know you take the mm -hmm. ash and put it on your your face and it's very symbolic of how you feel you put on the sackcloth this uncomfortable itchy yeah you know clothing rough clothing that just you know you're you're inwardly uncomfortable and you're showing that by being outwardly mm -hmm. uncomfortable mm -hmm. so to take that grieving i mean i guess the biggest closest we could think of is maybe wearing black to a funeral Right? Yeah. I mean, that's mm. how we indicate right. you don't it wear dark, that dark tie-dye shirt to a funeral. Yeah. Like you're in, you wear like it's something dark. I mean, you could wear like an elephant sweatshirt or something. To bestow in them a crown of beauty instead of ashes and oil of joy instead of mourning. So this the 180 degrees turnaround is in all of these these concepts. Mm -hmm. um, and then just the the oaks of righteousness. The to be a strong oak. That's a great image yes. too. Uh, a tree planted firmly in the Strong ground. Strong and like flourishing. Mm -hmm. So they will be called oaks of righteousness. And you think the context in which the book of Isaiah is written and people do not care about God. They've chased after all sorts of false gods, whether that's like you know Baal mm -hmm. or it's gods like money or national pride or whatever it is. God mm -hmm. says, you'll be called an oak of righteousness and you will display my splendor. Wow. So a lot of good things for us to think about at a difficult time. The holidays, Christmas is joyful in many ways, but for many people, the holidays bring out lots of tough things, yeah. whether it's missing Sad someone memories. they love yeah. or, you know, families coming together for holidays can be really good. It can also be very stressful mm -hmm. and can bring up old wounds and things like that. Um, you know, the expectations in our, in our culture of having Christmas usually involves lots of money and yeah. money can be stressful. So here's a hope for everyone, whatever you're struggling with, you're heartbroken, you feel trapped by guilt, by your circumstances. You're mourning someone, mourning your own, you know, state of health, whatever it is. God says, I'm going to turn it around one yeah, day for you. And then it, it finishes with these two verses. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. So more pictures, just clothing. Bible loves those pictures of clothing to describe uh, the change that God makes for us, which is, I mean, is, is a great picture for us, too. You think of, like, how many movies growing up that we watched had some sort of, like, montage scene where someone's, like, clothes were changed around. Like, you go shopping with your friend, and, like, to get ready for prom or whatever, and it's like, oh, before you were wearing... The big reveal. Yeah, before you are wearing overalls, now you're wearing, you know, whatever, <laughs> like, fancy prom dress. Yeah, like, and, like, a lot of, like, makeover shows, too. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, like... All they did oh, is change the outfit. What was that show that used to watch a, when you were... Uh, what Not to Wear. What Not to Wear with... Um, what are their names? Christian? Christian. Stephanie. Stephanie and... Yes. I promise you it's not Stephanie. I think it is. Stephanie and... So isn't it like Stacy? Maybe. I guess we'll have to wait for our listeners to comment. I'll just Google it later. <laughs> All right, for the soil makes the sprout come up and a I garden think you're right. I think causes it's seeds to grow. So the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. Some more planting imagery. So last last couple sections of Isaiah just get very, very upbeat about what 
God will do in his new kingdom. Some of it comes true here on this earth when Jesus comes. More of it comes true in heaven when God's people join him. Anything else about Isaiah 61? I just think um, this stuff is so good to review over and over again because I just feel like when someone is brokenhearted, when people are mourning um, or just, you know, in despair, this is the stuff that, mm-hmm. like, really, truly, like, gives you the hope. Yeah. And we just don't talk about it enough. Like, just this glorious, like, adorning ourselves with jewels and, like, I mean, that's fantastic. It is. And I think it's also, like, our culture is so obsessed with the now and your circumstances, like, right in front of you. And American Christianity, I feel like, is is just so, like, it's it's two things. One, this is how you should act right now. Yeah. And the Bible does talk about that. But it's always secondary to what God right. has done for you. So here's how to live your life right now. And here are the good things that are going to happen to you right now if you live the right, right. way. Yeah. And that's just not the way the Bible speaks consistently. Right. It's so much more about the future. And the, the you know the bejeweled clothes are not, you know, your life is going to be awesome. The right. bejeweled clothes and the headdresses, you, you are the bride of Christ through mm-hmm. faith in him. So, yeah, life is going to be a struggle right now. And yet you can stubbornly move rejoice forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, you, you have hope now and you have hope in the future. Yeah. All right. John one is the gospel. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness witness to the light. Which John are we speaking of here? John the Baptist. John the Baptist, yep. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. So the humility of John yeah. the Baptist is is great. Um, mm-hmm. He was getting a lot of attention, and he could have really just relished that. Right. And, you know, so, I mean, he this is his cousin that he's pointing to. So you think just in terms of, like, earthly perspective, either you could see a rivalry here, you mm-hmm. know, whether it's, Siblings or cousins or just family right, members. There's a sometimes a, a sense of like, why can't or... you be more like your, yeah. you know, your cousin? Your cousin is at this <laughs> your level. Your cousin Jesus never does that. Right. Yeah. So, for John to understand his role so clearly yeah. is great, and it's our. I mean, that's our role too. We don't have the same call that John the Baptist had, but to point to Jesus, right? And not and to you know, John says in another point, he must become greater, I must become less, mm-hmm. and that's that's our role too. Right. Is um. Do you remember what, what did Pastor Wester use in chapel for his illustration to start this devotion? He had a flashlight. Yes. Oh, yeah. He had a um, white piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And what was... I, I he shined the flashlight through the paper, and he said the paper isn't shining, shining but, but the light is shining through the paper. Yeah, and it was... Yeah, it was really cool. So that's what John the Baptist is doing, too. He's not a star in and of himself. The only... The only reason that he has the attention that he has is because he's pointing to Jesus. Right. He's not the light, yeah. but he's showing the true light. Mm-hmm. So the people asked him, who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, no. Are you the prophet? No. <laughs> I'm adding my own emphasis there. Uh, finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, and then he quotes Isaiah 40, from this last week. I'm the voice of one calling in the wilderness, make straight the way for the Lord. So that was our Old Testament lesson last Sunday. Now the Pharisees, who had been sent, questioned him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? 
I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. So again, just to reiterate, John makes a great um, case for Jesus. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not the guy, mm -hmm. but the guy, he's, it's kind of crazy. He's standing among you. Right? Yeah. It's not like right. he's here. You know, you guys don't recognize him yet, but you should. You know, he stands among you. And um, look, I think look. essentially his message yeah. is, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> yeah. I just, so what John is saying is really important. Yeah. And it's really good. And it draws people from all over the countryside to hear him. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the real awesome stuff is still to come yeah yeah and i let i just like how i mean just to think about how when you're gonna hear like something incredible um it's good to be ready to hear it like so he's you know pr just preparing you mm -hmm. like mentally emotionally spiritually like yeah. you know like get ready because mm -hmm. yeah. yeah i mean just in terms of the service worship service i mean if you you open up the our worship folder. There's so much good stuff on that second page. You know, the introduction to the service just like gets you ready, and then you know just the introductions to each of the individual readings give you input, like or right. just this is what this is going to be Insight, about. Yeah. So the more prepared you are for the service, the more you get out of it. Right. And I mean that's the more the, connections that's the point of this podcast. That's yeah. the point of our family devotions we put out. Just that you don't you're not coming in cold on a Sunday morning, which right. you can still obviously worship mm -hmm. coming in without you know all that prep work. But when you do think ahead of time what the service is going to be about, then, yeah, you can appreciate even more of the different themes that are tied together. Right, and, and apply them And apply them you better, know, yeah. Even before you arrive in church to start thinking about what these things mean for your life in terms of salvation and sanctification and mm -hmm. how you live out your faith, that's just, that's a huge blessing. That's what yeah. John, Jesus isn't going to have to come in cold, that they're going to know, they should at least know who he is ahead of time. Yeah. That's John's role. Anything else about our gospel? Nope. Okay. Uh, you want to read their hymn verse there on the back? Yes. Oh, Lord, how shall I meet you? How welcome you are right. Your people long to greet you. My hope, my heart's delight. Oh, Jesus, let your word be a lamp to light my way, to show me how to please you, to guide me every day. Oh, thanks for rolling with my typo You're there welcome. that I didn't notice till till now. It's okay. So yeah, how shall I meet you is a is a perfect Advent concept, isn't it? Jesus is coming. I got to think about how I'm going to meet him, and you know, to show me how to please you, to guide you every day. It's interesting too. We both really like this um, artist who's not necessarily a Christian musician, but he put out a lot of Christmas music in the last you know five. Yeah, and I mean, he does years. he? Yeah, he does. He's got a lot of in in confusing thoughts in his head yes, about but religion and in there is he kind of under kind of understands this concept of who jesus was right um among some other, many other, other thoughts not about so. religion. yeah so i mean there's some buddhist thoughts in there stuff yeah. too that have kind of come out the last few years so right. certainly not someone that we would look to for our theology but i mean it's he put out I don't know how many different Christmas songs he's put out but he chose this like I remember when that his most recent Christmas thing came out and like oh Lord how or how shall I fitly meet thee yeah you know, the, even the old school version of this mm -hmm. was on there I just thought that is kind of amazing that yeah. he would look at him like this and um, 
Yeah. Then you would see the appeal of that, that right. Jesus his, is coming his, and I need to be ready for him. He wasn't raised Christian. His family was not right. Christian. So, so yeah, so to pull pull some of that out of out of his background is, yeah. so even this guy who has like a lot of Eastern religion mm-hmm. influence, like mm-hmm. that he can see Jesus in Advent and I can appreciate that. Right. Um, even if he doesn't understand it completely. Yeah. All right, uh, last question. How do you communicate joy to someone who is wrestling with darkness this time of year? Do you want me to go first? Or yeah, you can go first. So, I mean, we alluded to it before. Um, I think, do you remember, so Vicar Year, we, we did a service, well, a midweek service at the second site that was called Christmas for Hurting Hearts. Yeah, I do remember that. I and think that about was, that a lot, actually. Yeah, that was a neat thing. That was very, and it was, I mean, anybody could attend it, but mm-hmm. it was, we especially encouraged people to attend um, if they were grieving the loss of right. someone they loved. And it was, it was pretty, you know, emotional. I, like, tried to catch myself from saying emotional, <laughs> but it's just, it's the truth. And we don't rely on emotions. Book Club's reading a book about emotions, just, you know, shout out to that. But... <laughs> It just, to, when everybody else is celebrating. Yeah. And you're grieving. And you're grieving. I think that can be so difficult. Grieving is bad enough on its own. But yeah, when when all you see on TV and you hear on the radio and you walk through a store and it's just like cheery, like Frosty the Snowman. And it's not Yeah, I think just just feel very lonely. Mm -hmm. So I think this is an opportunity for us as Christians to be very loving Mm -hmm. and you know, recognize the people that God has placed into our families or our church families that are hurting mm-hmm. and figure out how can I help them? And it's, you know, it can be simple things. It can be, you know, just reaching out to them and making sure they're okay and making sure they have a place to you know, celebrate Christmas and stuff like that. But I think we have this message of hope and light that is is so powerful to share any anytime, but especially when you're grieving. But yeah. I think you want to be careful about how you share that message too Mm -hmm. that you don't just you know brush aside someone's grief and just be like well jesus is coming back or jesus christmas so go ahead and be happy right that's not okay kind either yeah (laughs) yeah so to i mean how do you how do you do that when you think about comforting someone who's going through something difficult what what's your first step you want to um it's always just like i just express my joy for that person who's mm-hmm. victorious over death and, yeah. and with the saints triumphant and mm-hmm. enjoying, you know, heaven mm-hmm. and how like incredible the existence of this person is now. Yeah. No, I think that's really good. That's I think, I I think bef- before that even is to acknowledge the grief. Oh, for sure. And just, yeah, say, and I think sometimes I remember learning this at the seminary and thinking this was a really good point that our, our, gut instinct is when someone's hurting is to say i know exactly try how to you fix feel. it yeah no to say i know exactly how you feel is what i was going oh to. yeah don't say that <laughs> i mean be, because i mean you're trying to make a connection with the person empathize right. but you don't know how they feel you can't you can't be in their exact situation Can i tell you what i say what i you? say i can't imagine how hard that must be mm-hmm. yeah so just acknowledging that your grief is real and i'm not going right. to brush it aside and i can't understand yeah. it um but i want to sit here with you in it yeah um, i want to put on right. my own sackcloth and ashes with you that's not the same as yours but i want right. to sit in the dust with you if that's what you want to do yeah but i'm also yeah i'm going to express my joy over where this person is and and help this person see the light even as i admit that the darkness is very right. real and sometimes yeah. overwhelming mm-hmm. so yeah christmas has a lot of potential for help and hope and all those good things yeah. but to also 
I think as Christians, it is not just, okay, it's right to acknowledge grief and guilt and yeah. shame. So whether it's someone mourning the loss of someone they love or the end of a relationship or just the difficulty or, of this yeah. this life, yeah, to, to say that's that thing is really hard that you're going through and I can't take that away. Mm-hmm. But I'll sit here with you and even better than that, God is with you in this and he's got a plan that ends with all of this darkness driven away by the light. Right. I um I really like the like it's such a simple thing but everybody know like I think everybody around us knows that Christmas is connected to Jesus. So mm-hmm. whether you're a believe a believer or unbeliever it doesn't like you you get that connection, you see it. Maybe you have no idea why, but you probably know it's Jesus's birthday. Maybe, mm-hmm. right? I, I think, think so. so. Yeah. And so you could it's super easy then to start a conversation um, because you can just ask them mm-hmm. or or they, you know, you could get them to ask you, but you might need to ask them like, like, what do you know about Jesus? Yeah. Like, do you, why, why do we, why is this a mm-hmm. thing? Um, an easy way to start a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's finish with a little Christmas trivia. The movie Miracle on 34th Street is based on a real life department store. What is it? Boston store. No. <laughs> uh, Macy's. Macy's? But what? that did remind me one. So my mom worked at Boston <laughs> store for many years yes. in Milwaukee. Alex modeled there. Uh, no, not <laughs> that one. Uh, <laughs> but I did. Uh, I came home for Christmas the one year and my mom. So I got a job there with her, like mm-hmm. holiday work, which is very kind of her to get me that job. But part of my job was dressing up like an elf. Yes, with your sister? No, Ashley did not do that with me, so it was just me as an elf, Mm -hmm. which was a little humiliating. Uh, And then Ashley and Lexi, both my sisters, came and uh, mocked me in front of other people. And it was fine. Like, I had made my peace with it. And then uh, a woman asked me if I could help take her stuff out to the car. So I was walking through the parking lot in, like, 20-degree As an elf? How old were you? As an elf. Uh, I was, like, 20. So college. Yeah. That's not like That's the perfect okay. job. I didn't have any dignity. <laughs> in Home Alone, where are the McAllisters going on vacation when they leave Kevin behind? Come on. Florida? No. They in, uh, no, they're not. California? Paris. Paris. They go what? to Paris. I, yeah. I in Home Alone 2, I think they end up getting diverted to Florida and it rains oh, the whole time. Oh, that maybe would be what I was thinking. Uh, let's see, one more. Oh, there's no way you're going to know this. What is Ralphie's little brother's name in the movie A Christmas Story? Alfie. Randy. Randy? Close. Yeah, Randy. I've never seen that movie. You have not seen it? No. We should watch it. I don't think you want to watch it, do nope. you? I'll take a nap. <laughs> okay. All right, anything else um, done for the week? I just uh I just like want to want to say so one more thing about, you know, that communicating joy um with some wrestling with darkness. Like when you're wrestling with darkness, it's it's so it seems hopeless sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't see a way out. Um, but reminding them, like, you've got a God who is more powerful mm-hmm. than that darkness, whatever yeah. it is. And the the miracle that happened at Christmas, miracles that happened are great, like, connections mm-hmm. you can make. Like, he was, he was born, um, and all the prophecies fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent. Maybe that's where the crown and the anchor Christmas become. Mm-hmm. A good reminder. Yeah. Okay. That's it. It was uh, Stacey and Clinton and what not to wear. <laughs> Bye. Bye.